We wrap up the NBA regular season for the Denver Nuggets in 2022-23. The Nuggets get a win. Adam will tell me what happened. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, our thoughts on how the playing tournament shapes up. We'll take a look at if the Nuggets really can flip a switch. And rough day for old Rudy Gobert. We'll we'll talk about all that more <laughs> on Locked On Nuggets. You are locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making this your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on all platforms, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I like Pocket Casts. That's my personal favorite. You can catch us anywhere the podcasts are distributed as well as on YouTube. You can join the show, join folks like Malik Moore and Roy Nunez hanging out with us in the chat segment. Appreciate you guys being part of our community. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by director of content for DNVR. His name's Adam Mares. Check out all the great work at DMVR. Check out the pre- and post-game shows over at DMVR. Make sure you catch every Colorado sports game, all of them. Any sports game played by any team in Colorado. Do you guys show Mammoth games? Be real. Be honest. No. Okay, I mean, sure. if somebody walked in and asked to watch it and it was on television, I mean, we, oh, by all means, of course we would. Next time I tee you up like that, lie. Just do, just do me a solid and lie. All the, the big nugget, all the big Colorado games can be found at the DMVR bar. On today's show, we'll talk about the uh, Nuggets win over the Kings with the bench unit. Uh, I did not catch that one. I'll talk about briefly why, and then Adam will tell me what happened. Uh, in the second segment, we're going to talk. About, we're going to recap the regular season. This show today is like a wrap up of the regular season. We have four more days of content to fill, and no information on who the Nuggets are going to play in the first round. So we have some time to go through some stuff, and we're going to get to all that as the week goes on. Today, we're going to focus on the end of the regular season and how that went for the Denver Nuggets as well as we'll talk about uh, Rudy Gobert's very, 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 very bad day. Let's start here, Adam. The Denver Nuggets get the win over the Sacramento Kings as the Nuggets starters predictably take a break on fan appreciation night, getting rested and ready for the postseason. No reason to risk them getting injured um, in this game, even though it's fan appreciation night. You want to know appreciate, what the fans appreciate? Making the playoffs is the one seed. Probably appreciate that a little bit more, and they additionally appreciate is this like Is this as simple as – is this that simple to you? I'm always just like – I think that there's, I, I go back and forth on it. Like a fan appreciation night is like something that like, I actually like really care about. Um, like Kyrie skipped it. They and I make it like January 15th or something next year. <laughs> Don't pick the last day of the season. Yeah. You got to bring it. You got to move it up when they yeah. clinch the one seed. You got to be like, we're going to have fan appreciation night the very next night that after they clinch the one seed next time. Um, so anyway, uh, the starters missed the game. Uh, I followed it through Twitter because I had to watch Wolves Pelicans. Great game. I had to follow the Clippers Suns game. Great game. Yeah, Lakers yeah. Jazz. Surprisingly pretty good game. Uh, and Warriors Blazers. <laughs> not a great game. So, Adam, here are my impressions and tell me where I'm right and where I'm wrong. Uh, Jack White, the hardest button to button, played awesome. Peyton Watson, once again, showed awesome stuff. Although he got dunked on one time, Ryan said. Oof. And uh, other than that, <laughs> that like the last thing he did, too. Like he and, had a great game and then got dunked on, and it was like, and and the yeah. Nuggets bench uh, once again like looked pretty good in this one. Um, I think there's probably some Reggie Jackson takes to get out there in terms of like how much he played. Malone's comments afterwards, 
regale me with the tales of King's Nuggets? Um, I mean, you're right. Jack White, who's the one guy I would say we haven't seen much of this year. You know, he filled in in like garbage time here and there, but we haven't seen him in, I don't even want to call these meaningful minutes because to be honest, the fourth quarter of this game was garbage time for both teams as well. There was guys on the Kings I never even heard of. Um, But he did play really well. Like the thing about Jack White, as somebody that, you know, follows the scouting report from when he came into the league, when he joined the Nuggets as a two-way, you know, summer league and then what he did in the G League, he is a big-time hustle player, high IQ, like does, he's like Christian Brown in that he does his job. He's a do his job type of guy. And one of those jobs is rebounding of which he is very like elite as a rebounder at, from the wing position. And he did all of those things at a very high level. He played good defense and he grabbed an enormous amount of boards. He had eight rebounds tonight in 15 minutes. Uh, he was a plus 13. So he grabbed a rebound every two minutes. He was great. He grabbed like, a bunch of offensive rebounds. Um, so he looked good in his limited minutes and he's a guy that, just from what I've heard and also just knowing the type of player that he is, he'll be on the bubble. I don't think he's a guy that's a throwaway. Like he was a two-way this year. We'll see what happens next year. I think he's a guy that the Nuggets will give strong consideration to giving a final roster spot, albeit one that you could probably buy out. Like he's not a guy that's going to get a big contract, but he's a guy that you could probably give a little one to and say, hey, wing depth. He's going to be third or fourth on the depth chart at a position but he's gone through the system. He's checked all the boxes. And I thought he looked really good in his minutes tonight. Should we give some credit to, to Grand Rapids for their development here? Like, Sure. I mean, you got two success stories, him and Peyton Watson. Both of those guys look really good in the limited minutes that they played at the end of the season. And they look like they're ready. And specifically, Matt, I mean, I don't know who you want to give credit here to. Peyton Watson and Jack White both look like they know how to play basketball. Not that they have great skill but that they understand where they fit on the court. And that's not a small thing for rookies. That's actually one of the hardest things. So I don't know if that's selection from a Calvin Booth, whether that's just who these guys were and, and you know, no credit to anybody else other than to the players or whether Grand Rapids deserves some credit for this as well. I have no idea. All I know is that all of those guys are both of those guys. And then you could throw in Christian Brown as well. They all seem to just grasp basketball and are like quick to accept this is what I'm supposed to do while I'm out here. If Calvin's going to hit on every single draft pick and guy that he picks up, because Colin Gillespie also looks like he's probably going to contribute, like how are they going to have veterans on the roster? Like this is one of the things. Like well, I he also hit say. on veterans, though. He hit on Bruce Brown and KCP. Like I, I think they're all. I, I honestly think if you take KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, what and what little we've seen of Peyton Watson and Jack White, they all carry the trait of they seem to understand how to play the game. They're not out here with like, he's got a great jumper, but he's got to learn the game. Or he's yeah. a great handle, but he's got to No, they all know how to play the game. And then you can judge them after that. Yeah, I think more of what I was meaning is like, you usually have veterans on the roster like DeAndre who are just there for like, to be that veteran dude, right? Um, and like, this is honestly kind of my thing with Jeff is like, Jeff should be that. And maybe not like definitely in the playoff rotation. Like that's kind of like where I feel about it. And yeah. so, but my question is like, if he's going to keep hitting on all of these traffics, if like Peyton's a guy and Jack White's a guy and Colin's a guy, then it's like, where are they going to find room in the future for like, we just need like a dude that's like DeAndre this year. This I mean, we'll get to this guy. when we get closer to the off season, which I hope is still a ways away. But honestly, I just think they're either going to re-sign Bruce or sign another guy like Bruce and probably another guy like Bruce. I just think that... Calvin has a type and he's going to find them. And the type he likes are generally speaking, the best ones are expensive. 
but there's a lot of them that are like, you know what, this is just a good basketball player and we'll bring him in and he's a veteran and, um, you know, you'll end up liking him over time. Um, uh, yeah. this, this is a question that I feel like I already know the answer to, but I'm, I want to check your pulse on it anyway. Has anything Reggie Jackson has done in the last, like this little stretch where they've been playing, whatever, has any of it made you feel any better about him? So he had a great game today. He was 7-11 from the field and um, was a game high plus 21, which is actually massive. Plus 21 in 25 minutes is pretty crazy. 16 rebounds, three, uh, 16 points, three rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Just one turnover in 25 minutes. He Here's the thing about Reggie. He's not my type of player. I don't like his game. If I was drawing up how Denver plays, it would not include a Reggie Jackson type. But if he is going to be on the team and he is going to be in the rotation – the thing is, you just need him to make shots. That's what he is, a ball-in-his-hand point guard who gets hit to his spots that are low-efficiency shots, but sometimes he makes them at a high clip. Tonight, he made them at a high clip. I think two games back, he made them at a high clip. That's two out of three games. Again, I'm, he's, I'm never going to love him as a player because I have a type of player that I like and a style of basketball that I like, and he doesn't fit within that. But if, I, if he is going to be on the team, I'm going to root for him to be good at the thing he's good at. Uh, this is a good comment from Hurricane. He says, feel better uh, about, quote, quote breaking, breaking case of emergency. That's a good way to put it, right? Um, Will Malone use him in that role? Malone had a very interesting comment before the game where he talked about, I mean, he kind of laid it out. He was asked about the playoff rotation, and he said, look, we've got three guys that have kind of earned, they're, that, they're those guys, and it's Jeff Green, it's Bruce Brown, and it's Christian Brown. How about Christian? So How about Christian get, like, getting the, the solid nod finally? <laughs> does that mean he won't collect a DNP in the playoffs to be determined? But nonetheless, Malone is at least stating that those three guys all yeah. do something that he feels fit every circumstance. He said from there, playoffs are all about matchups and we've got a big, our bigs we can throw out there. He didn't specify a guy. I suspect he meant Zeke Naji. It's possible he met Vlaco Chanchar. And to be perfectly honest with you, it's possible he met DeAndre Jordan in some circumstances. He said, we have an extra wing if we need, we'll play Peyton Watson. That's the only guy he mentioned there, and I thought it was very interesting. My, how that guy's stock has skyrocketed over the last yeah. one, four games. And then he said Reggie Jackson at point guard. So to me, the playoff rotation is set at seven or eight guys, and then you have a bunch of guys that Malone will probably just kind of feel. We'll see what we need tonight. On the other side, uh, we will wrap up the Nuggets regular season and try and make sense of it a pretty – an interesting, a successful, but a little confusing regular season for Denver. We'll talk about that on the other side. But first, I need to tell you about prize picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, the best thing about it is that you don't have to go up against people. Like, you're not playing against a pool of players. Uh, daily fantasy has always been so frustrating for me because it's like you have these people that are so good at it and they put like, so many entries in all the time. It's really hard for you to crack that because it's a game that has been like basketball and has, that's caused problems too, has been hyper-efficiencyed into oblivion. How's it work? You just pick two to six players at prize picks and if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. And they offer projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, get on those Rockies, NHL, go out, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals and are currently operational 
in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you put in 50, they will give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being around with us late on a Sunday night, getting you into a Monday. Uh, we will not do a show on Monday. We'll be back on a show on Tuesday. Nuggets will have practice throughout this week. We'll have updates from that, as well as we'll talk about whoever the Nuggets' first-round opponent is. Just kidding, because we don't know who that's going to be. But we'll oh, be my God. We're going to do shows all week and not know who the first-round opponent is. Like, I don't know how to do this, man. We're going gonna... to have to hypothetical. Like, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, after the play-in tournament games, we're just going to have to be like... I guess after Wednesday's games, like on the Thursday morning and Friday shows, we can be like, okay, hypothetically, if it's this team, then it's this. If it's this team. You want to record two shows and then just publish one on Saturday for whatever it is? We might have to do that. Um, I do like the comment there uh, by Steve Wynn who says, Malone likes to butter guys up before benching them. Uh, fact check has deemed this one true. Completely true. So take it for what it, We do have a lot of Michael Malone like, this guy, he has earned some minutes before collecting 10 straight DMPs. Can I ask you, would you it. say that Malone's stock slash Q rating with the fan base is as low as it's ever been? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, all this is noise, Matt. Here's, here's the thing. The Nuggets have had a great season and a not great at all last four weeks. And the pressure is coming. It's been like this um, this cloud, just like slowly moving in, where you kind of see, you know, when the mountains are, there's a storm coming and the mountains are dark, and you're like, oh, my God, that's going to get here. And it just slowly creeps in. That's what the pressure has been for the Nuggets for a month. We are just like, oh, my God, here comes the pressure. And we all know that the big, like the first head to roll is likely, not certain, but likely Michael Malone. So I think when the pressure is arriving and the Nuggets are playing underwhelming, it's natural that people are going to start to feel or ex or voice those express those uh, sentiments. So they're just a little premature. He hasn't done anything yet that would warrant it, but everybody kind of senses, hey, there's rain on the horizon. So I wrote about the MVP this weekend, and, and you can read that over at Action Network. And I kind of and I got into the, the the context of the Nuggets season. And on the surface, like it, it, this is, and it's honestly, Adam, it's kind of a microcosm for Malone's entire tenure. Where, like, if you take the 10,000 foot view and you look at the entire body of work, you're like, number one seed in the Western Conference, cleared their win total, won their division, have home court throughout. What was the win total? Do you remember 49 and a half? 49 and a half, laughably. Oh. Um, some of us took overs at, at alternates at 55, which they could have done if they'd not just decided to screw around for four weeks, but that's, that's fine. That's on me for not predicting that, uh, you know, elite offense, the defense there for three months was really, was really great showing their capacity, the clutch defense, the 10,000 foot view of the nuggets is really great. The five foot view of the nuggets, I think is pretty concerning on a number of levels. Um, 
it's really funny. I'm, I made this comment on Twitter, but I think about it because of you and I've had this comment before about like how much does March basketball matter? And I've been so confident and like, doesn't matter at all. All these games are, are meaningless. doesn't matter. You're just killing time. March is a slog. At the, you get through the two, three weeks after All-Star and everyone's tired and injured and they're just trying to get to the end. Half the teams are tanking. Half the teams are just quitting like cowards, like the Dallas Mavericks. And half the teams are just trying to get healthy and right for the playoffs. The plan changes that where you have some of these teams, but even those teams are under such pressure, you see them start to fracture. We saw two different major instances of bench fighting today, entirely driven by the importance of these games. Yeah. Um, and so for the, for the most part, I'm like, these games don't matter. And so it would take a whole lot for me to be concerned about a team's performance in the last month of the season as the one seed. And yet the Nuggets managed to do it. Congratulations to the Nuggets for making me concerned. Good job. Like, but here's my thing, man. We have from October 18th when the season began, effectively until December 1st. I don't remember when things started to turn for them. This um, I know December 8th is the date. Okay. December 8th. We have them being a disappointing team that we were like, well, yeah, okay, the record's all right, but like this is not good enough. Like they're in trouble. We have three months of them being like, oh, no, we were idiots. They're great. They're awesome. Look how awesome they are. They're elite. This team can win a title. And then we have another month and a half of them being a month, maybe a month of them being basically back to that same version in the beginning. They've been yeah. both teams. They were, they were one team in the beginning that they were at the end and in the middle, they were an entirely different team. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. I mean, nobody does, man. I mean, the, the thing that sucks about the way we consume and discuss sports in today's day and age, everybody has to take a side right now, or at least sometime before Sunday, about whether or not you think Denver made a mistake by how they approached the last month. Everybody has to because so much of analysis and like the way we talk about sports is just about being right in some most esoteric way. And so right now it's did the Nuggets screw themselves up by not taking this last month as seriously as they maybe could have and, and given full effort? Or were they smart to be cautious and rest guys and now they're going to be healthy going to the playoffs? Nobody knows the answer to that, Matt. Nobody does. Everybody has to get their uh, their answers in now because Sunday is like after that, if they lose, everyone's going to say, I told you they didn't take it seriously. Now look where they are. Or if they win, the other side's going to say, I told you it doesn't matter. Nothing like matters. And like nobody's actually analyzing everything. It's just like you're placing a bet and then you're going to talk trash if you win it. I don't know. We don't know the answer to that. The one thing I will say is the more I've reflected on it, the Nuggets have a full week to prepare. Even if they would have played good basketball all the way up until the final buzzer, which, first of all, they were never going to do. Even the, the Sacramento Kings played their starters tonight for a half. Like Even they rested a little bit here. The Nuggets were always going to get a week off. And to me, the more I think about it, the more I really am curious for practice on Tuesday and for the whole week. Because I want to see if there's a noticeable difference between the Nuggets' approach and just their general vibe. Uh, because this week they do need to get serious. And I do hope that there is a weight about them and how they approach this week because it warrants that weight. And that's really good. I love this comment from Evan as well. Uh, there also isn't necessarily an answer we can uh, something now. It's all probabilistic. Even if you do all the right things, you you can lose. It's true. This is the thing. This is why I say this is why I'm really critiquing the way we talk about sports is because the Nuggets can – win ugly on Sunday and you could be like see told you they didn't need to. it was all about them resting that's why they won when it has nothing to do with it it's just we love to pigeonhole things into a little it's the same with the MVP conversation with Yoke this year they lose 
in the first or even second round, people are going to tell you, see, I told you, this is proof of what I said unrelated of this series. Or if they win it all, people say, see, this is proof of something I told you unrelated of that. But it's just the way we consume it. Dan brings us up. Remember when Andre Miller won the Nuggets of game one in the playoffs? Like that's a lot of this for me is like the game one. If you want to know the biggest thing about game one, and we'll get to, we'll talk about that a lot this week, but that game one was like, man, that was tougher than it should have been. Oh, well they won. I, I walked out being like, well, they won anyway. So it's probably fine. They can't play worse than that. Wah, wah. <laughs> like how you win matters. Um, you know, and I think you're right that, that a lot of this is, it could have been the absolutely the right thing for them to have rested and taken it easy and chilled and, they could lose for entirely separate reasons, but we will of course attribute that because it's a, it's a yes, no, should you, should you not do this? Right. And so either way, it, it was kind of like the, the, the differential there. The other thing I'll say is, um, you know, and look, I started the, the segment talking about Malone and I'll, I want to bring it back to that because I did say this, the fact that Malone, the last like three games has been like, pretty pissed off about their approach and like, especially the starters and like, they're just like, yeah, don't care. Right, right. That to me is like, it's not like a giant warning flag, but it's something I've noted that right. he's like, I really need you to get like, I'm stressing out. I need you guys to go out there and actually execute. And the starters are like, okay, counter. No, like we'll play. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll continue to just play completely half ass. How about that? I think the Nuggets, man, honestly, the players, some of this is I think I truly believe is Jokic's nature. I think this might be a trait that follows him for however long his career lasts. So it's just like a specialty of of Jokic. But I think some of this is also, it's impossible to fake urgency. It just is. Yeah. I don't, this is like the people that set eight alarms in the morning and they're like, well, I set eight of them. It's like, you can't fake. This is my last one. You always wake up knowing this is my first alarm. I've got six more to go. So you can't fake that urgency, and the Nuggets, unfortunately, are the all-time worst fakers in the NBA. That's true. That's true. That's absolutely. That's a great. That's a great point, Adam. Um, was a regular six season a success? I mean, I don't know that we know the answer. I know I hate to scapegoat. We won't know that until the playoffs play out. What I will say is. The Nuggets took care of business this year and put them in position to succeed. Nobody else was there to push them. They presumably got through the regular season healthy and are going to be healthy for the playoffs. And I can't, I keep stressing this. Do you agree with me when I say this? The Nuggets have never in the Jokic era been fully healthy. The closest they've been was their first year. Yeah. The second year was the bubble year and they didn't have Gary Harris. And I, it's a big deal to me. It just was a big deal that they didn't have their best perimeter defender and starting shooting guard. Uh, the following two years, obviously, they didn't have Jamal Murray. So I think it's a success in that the Nuggets are the one seed and they're going to be fully healthy going into the playoffs. Did they check all of the boxes I would have liked them to? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So it wasn't like a one. They didn't score a 100, but I would give them like a 92. I felt, there was, I felt there was meat on the bone is the way yeah. I think to fill it. Because like, and if you want to know what that looks like, it looks like the Bucks. Because I absolutely do not feel like the Bucks played to their absolute potential this year. And there's like a million things I can point to that are indicators of that. The Bucks still finished with a one seed. Giannis played fewer games than Jokic or Embiid. They got, you know, Chris Middleton recovered from injury. To, like, actually came back, wasn't right. They sat him again. Right. And then he comes back and looks and looks awesome for a long stretch. Um, all of these types of things. So, like, the reason, you know, I ex the expectation... And this was a high bar, but my expectation was 
55 wins, which good Lord, that would have won the one. And then the number one offense in the league. And they didn't get there. And that doesn't mean that the season's a failure because again, it's like they got what they needed to. They're primed. Would you rather them have tried harder and like put more energy in? How many times have I seen teams try for things like that and then not have another gear? Right. That's the essential question is Man. do they have another gear, which we both agree they do. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, that's the thing that we answered. Like there's questions about the nuggets, but their best punch is good enough. We learned that. We definitely learned it. Their floor, we didn't learn that it's higher. Like I think we still have fear that they can lay a game three versus Utah-esque egg in a playoffs, and we're all going to be like, oh, my God, what are these guys? But their ceiling, their best punch has definitely looked as great as could have been imagined. If you talk about the unchecked boxes from the regular season, you know, I thought Murray would be more consistent by the end of the regular season, and he just wasn't. I mean, he still was up and down by the end of it. So what are we getting in the playoffs? If he plays five great games in a row, it'll be the first time all season. <laughs> if he does that in the playoffs. So a little bit of the Murray part of this, their defense didn't look like outside. They look like a defense that can play well for pockets when they're fully motivated. So does that mean they'll be good in the playoffs? I think so, but I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not going to like scream it at the top of my lugs. The nuggets are going to be a great playoff defense. So those are some of the, and then the bench, like you wanted to establish an identity off the second unit. I will say if there is one thing that came out of this last month, that's a little sneaky. I do have hope that the bench learned how to not be terrible. They played a lot of minutes together. Yeah. And I do, you know, it's, it's really funny uh, from a Malone gets it too late standpoint. Like all year he tried these different combinations and they all failed. And then finally it was like, screw it. We're just going to play Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Bruce Brown. And You know something though, Matt, here's the thing. And like people, I've been high on the Christian uh, Peyton Watson should have played more this year. I honestly believe it. It's a take I believe. I don't mean he should have played 700 minutes, but I do think he could have gotten to a the, the little pocket of games he played now. I think he could have had one or two more of those throughout the season where it's like, wow, Peyton Watson, three games in a row. Here's some more minutes for him. I think we could have found that. The reason I feel so adamant about that is that the Nuggets just don't have any small forwards. He, they don't have anybody that's like him. There wasn't a guy playing in front of him that you're like, hey, that's just a guy who is better at this thing than Peyton is. And it wasn't because Peyton was great. It's because Denver's roster didn't have one. They either had guards that you would have to play big, and they went to three-guard and sometimes four-guard lineups that I thought were a disaster, or they would move Jeff Green or Vlatko or Zeke to three and try to shoehorn them, and, and it didn't work. So for me, going into a playoffs, one of the reasons Peyton Watson looks so appealing right now, in addition to the fact that he made the most of his minutes, but a lot of it is because he makes lineups make a little bit more positional sense. On the other side, we'll talk about the... You have to answer. You, have, you can't do that. You have to respond we to We talked about it last show. All right. Yeah. So you just so do you disagree, though, with the idea that at least he provides the positional, whether or not it's the right call, that at least makes sense when you start to go, okay, Bruce, Christian, Peyton, Jeff... That's like a one, two, three, four. Yes. As opposed to say Reggie, Bruce, Christian, Jeff, where you're like, that's a one, two, two, four. I don't know. I feel like Christian can guard threes. Um, Most he can. Most he can. I've, I felt like he was more of a, not more of a three. I feel like he was very much like a combo two, three. three. Um, I think a lot of this just gets into the complications that Jeff provides. I just think, I think Jeff complicates a lot of the rotation and I've. Would you take him out? 
I said in November they should have moved on, and that's not like I I am Jeff Green appreciator number one around here. But like the problem for me is that the things like Jeff's veteran stuff bring something to the team that I think both the roster, the starters, and the coaching staff appreciates, and so he gets those minutes when his skill set does not accomplish the things that the on court things need in a way that what you're describing like Jeff's inability to play three or five complicates things. And even as a four, he doesn't necessarily accomplish that because of the rebounding. So like if he had been, had shifted more to an emergency break glass player, then you had these opportunities to see what these other guys look like. And instead, I don't think it's just a Malone decision. I think a lot of it is how the roster feels about Jeff. Um, but I do think that that complicates things. Like I was pretty early on this. Like, I just think that Jeff is standing in the way of them finding more answers. Mm. And that's not Jeff's fault. That's just like the way the dynamic is. Yeah. Like the people that are like, Jeff sucks. He should never play. No, but the answers that they're looking for are not Jeff green. That's the better way to put it is that they have questions that Jeff green does not answer. But Jeff Green has to be the answer because of the way the roster is constructed and his veteran status, and that causes complications. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. This, I think honestly, a lot of it comes down to the positional stuff. Although not all of it with Jeff, he also just doesn't quite fit the mold of what the rest of the bench does. But nonetheless, Je- we're here. Jeff is in the rotation. He's playing. So yeah, we'll see. Neither here nor there. Uh, all right. On the other side, <laughs> Timberwolves had a day. Like, they have one of those, like, 30 rock, oof, what a week, huh? It's Tuesday, Lemon. That was the, the Timberwolves today. Oof, what a week, huh? It's Sunday, Lemon. Uh, that was the Timberwolves today. We'll talk about the possibilities for the Nuggets on the other side as well as I want to ask Adam one quick question about the quote-unquote switch. We'll do that when we return on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I got to tell you about Ultimate Basketball GM. Ultimate Basketball G Pro Basketball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM, and as it turns out, it's, well, it's it's not easy, it turns out, because I keep failing and losing at this game. Uh, if you've had the same thought and fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities like, oh, I don't know, your center and your small forward getting into a fight on the bench, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons and i will promise you you can do it better than the dallas mavericks all this in a challenging and realistic game world ultimate pro basketball gm is completely free and playable offline so play on the go as you want and when you want to locked on nuggets listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n in the game store so make sure to check it out to download the game just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up in the app stores that's probasketballgm.com Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. We'll be right back on Lockdown Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets, thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us and making this your first listen on a Monday. We have a lot of time to kill this week, but we're going to have content for you. We're going to have five shows without knowing who the Nuggets' first-round opponent is. So if you want to see Adam and I stretch... This is going to be a great week, but we actually—I don't will. think this is a stretch, man. I'm like, to me, I'm like, um, I'm locked in, baby. 
I'm Let's excited. go. I'm it's in. playoff time. Nuggets are the one seed. Like, we are the show for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Uh, all right, so in the play in, uh, in the Western Conference playoff standings today, Warriors win, Clippers win, Lakers win, Pelicans lose after leading by double digits. Uh, I would, I would, the, the, Grizzlies, or the Timberwolves won. Yes, Timberwolves won. That was a great win for them. Uh, I like that team. So the Warriors will face the Kings. The Clippers will face the Suns in what I think everyone is really missing the mark on how that series is going to go. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I've i been on this a while. The Suns sacrificed their positional flexibility to build around an archetype. So what I mean by that is like they don't have Dario Saric for that five-minute stretch where they play death ball five out anymore. That's yeah. gone. Right. Yeah, they've been like, we can play KD at five. And I was like, I don't think you want to play KD at five in the series. I don't think that's a thing that you want to do. Um, and the Clippers can bomb from three, which guess what the Suns' biggest problem offensively is? They lose the math game. They don't take a lot of threes. The Clippers can absolutely bomb. They need Paul George back. I'm not saying that they don't, but I just don't think this is going to be easy. The Suns and KD in particular have struggled versus teams that switch. The Clippers are a switch-all team. I think this will be tough for them. No. I, I do too. I'm not, the Clippers are just like so hard to have faith in. <laughs> so that's the, well, part I guess here's the thing though, is like they're hard for you for the, to have faith in because of who they're facing. But if you actually like, think about this. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's just more because the Clippers, I don't buy really the, because like, it, like go back and actually think about it. Right. The first real run was the bubble, right? Like that was the first real run with that team. And they ran into a Nuggets team that was mentally tougher than them. And they had guys like Lou Williams, and Marcus Morris is playing serious minutes um, and like all those type of things. And Montrez Harrell, like that was, remember how big a, a factor. Doc Rivers, Montrez Harrell, mm-hmm. definitely huge anchors on them. Right. For sure. So then the next season, they, I legitimately think they win the Western Conference in 2021 if uh, Kawhi doesn't get hurt. And Does Kawhi have to outplay KD? Good question. Have we seen Kawhi versus KD before? Not in the playoff series. because That's what uh, I mean. Not as playoff because KD got hurt in 17. Kawhi got hurt in 17. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, anyway, it should be an interesting one. Play-in tournament for the Nuggets. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves is the eighth seed. will travel to Los Angeles on Tuesday night. The winner of that game will face the Memphis Grizzlies. The loser of that game will face the winner of Pelicans Thunder. And that team will face the Denver Nuggets on Sunday. They have now, they have hilariously not announced the start time because they're waiting to see where the Lakers land. Like the the entire, the entire thing is I'll tell you this. If um, the Lakers get the eighth seed, it'll be Nuggets Lakers at, I think the five thirty slot. Need to look at the schedule. Um, It'll be the afternoon game. That's where, when it will be. Um, And if it's, Nuggets versus anybody else, they'll get the late game, and Clippers Phoenix will go yep. into that slot. Almost certainly. I mean, we'll see what we feeling about the Lakers, but I think that's how it shakes out. Yeah, Denver getting that eight o'clock slot. So, based off of this, I guess I'll just start here. What's your inclination on who the Nuggets are going to see? Like, if I ask you right now, best guess, who do you think they're going to face in the first round series? I mean, I think it's the Timberwolves, but to me, it's like fifty. Five, no, actually, I'd say like 50% Timberwolves, 45% Pelicans, 5% Thunder. 
Um, Casey Mack. I guess Lakers are in there too. I did bad. Casey Mack asked this question. Would Lakers pull a tank job and want Denver instead of Memphis? Of course, that puts them in a Phoenix Suns bracket. No, Casey, I need to be very clear on this. If you do that and then you just do not shoot well from three and the Pelicans shoot well from three, you are out. You can't mess with it, man. You, you just can't. can't mess with it. You cannot. That is not a thing. That's why the Clippers won today. The Clippers were not going to fall further than seven. Okay. That was a play in tournament game, right? They could have lost to the Suns. And even if the Pelicans had come back and won, the Clippers would have wound up in seven and still had like been favored versus a team that they've played, that they've beaten 11 straight times yeah. in the Lakers, right? What they do, they won because you do not screw like the the players. And I, I said, mentioned this earlier, it's real. The tension that you saw today in large part is built off of that play in thing has done what it's meant to do, which is it's caused teams to get like these games are tense and everybody's like, we got to win this because we do not want to be two games from elimination. You have a two game losing streak and it's over. That's it. Yeah, that's your that's season. It. Yeah. It's, I mean, the pressure is big. I will say part of me wondered if this has seemed like the less least pressure field regular season I can remember. And I do wonder if we rubber band so hard from no pressure all season to this is the biggest game of the year. And two teams had punched the teammates that punched each other too. <laughs> like you think about this in the NFL season, generally speaking, there's always one team that gets to take one week off, but generally speaking, the stakes rise as the season goes on. It, grows in intensity and then the playoffs come and it grows in intensity and it culminates with the super bowl the nba doesn't didn't have that at all this year there was no like growing tension it just went from no tension to elite tension today and two teammates fist fought on the bench uh i want to credit my wife who said that she was like it's really hilarious in the reaction to the two different incidents she's like because kyle and and rudy and there's all this conversation about it and all this discussion and with mason and bones everyone's like yeah, no, we kind of see where Mace is coming from. That checks out. Like that, that, that tracks with with the with what's going on. Oh, um, you didn't feel like that was the case with Minnesota. All right, talk to me about this. Um, so I think here's the deal: is that Rudy doesn't get any benefit of the doubt because of his history. He's been known as a guy whose teammates didn't like. He I mean, was, that is that not warranted though? I, I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: I don't know what it is that Rudy does. Right. But, like, I don't, but, but, you're right, but it's something, right? I mean, oh yeah, is- yeah, no, hundred percent, right? right? That's what I'm saying. Is like that's everyone's reaction. Like my my perspective on it in the incident, if we narrow it to the incident, is I'm like, well, Kyle used the trigger word. If you use that particular term for a female dog in the NBA, knucks up, buddy. Like, I mean, it's that's how it. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why that in one particular word, like that one. There's a word for players and there's a word for officials, right. like. The one for officials involves uh, relations with with uh, a, a matriarch, okay? And the one for players is a female dog. You use that term and just, like, guys go crazy. That's the one that players just go nuts on. They don't like it. And so once he said that, like, I wasn't surprised that Rudy did. Now, can Rudy do, like, should Rudy have done that? Like, absolutely not. Like, it's, like, you got to be, like, I'm really pissed. Um, later, I'm going to be really mad at you in the locker room away from the cameras. You do not do that during the play-in game on national television. They send him home, right? Which is um, a big deal to get sent yes. home. Yes, because it in also continued into the game. locker room. Like, Kyle wasn't done in the locker room. Like, it wasn't done. Um, and on top of it, I will also say, like, another, like, facet to back up your position on this is that when that happened, 
it wasn't like the, the team separated into two groups of guys. And it's like, you know, I'm back in Rudy and I'm back in Kyle. Everyone turned it like Torian Prince was like shoved him and was like, what are you doing? Right. right. Like Austin Rivers tried to play like he was the one that was going to Rudy to try and and like get him to calm down and, and help out with that situation. But like like Ant got up and was mad. And this is the whole thing is like and this is what the worst part about this is that Rudy Gobert vindicated D'Angelo Russell today. That's the worst part about this is that he vindicated D'Angelo Russell's entire thing about Rudy. But for whatever reason it is, Rudy Gobert just seems like the absolute worst human being for NBA players to be around. Because I do not know of anyone who's like, love Rudy, he's my guy. Like, Mike yeah. Conley is the closest one because Mike Conley loves everyone. At least he won't say anything publicly bad about anybody, which is yeah. the same thing. Um, and is But also, Jaden McDaniels, also, I don't know what he was <laughs> mad about. Was he mad at something different? Jaden McDaniels is a huge piece of their team. Yes. And on the, the way out... He punched a wall and broke, broke his, his shooting hand. hand. He pulled an Amare. I honestly like. Here's the thing: I am significantly less worried about the Grizzly or about the the Timberwolves than I was one day ago, because that Rudy stuff can be overcome. Like I don't think that's okay. They're screwed, but it's definitely not a good thing. It's not like Kevin Garnett put out today where he was like, "Hey man, this I love it." Getting fired up for the playoffs, and then the Jane McDaniel's piece of this in a series. And probably in a play-in, Matt, teams are going to dare Jaden McDaniels to prove he didn't ruin his shoot his shooting. And maybe he hits one, maybe he hits two, but you are always going to dare that guy to shoot at least a little bit. And I think teams are going to dare him to shoot a lot. I mean, we'll see if he even plays. We'll see if Rudy plays. They haven't made a decision on whether Rudy plays. Um, here's the thing. I, I just want to kind of note this. This, to me, was like the most Timberwolves uh, game possible. Okay, all of this stuff happens. Everyone's clowning them. They climb back from double digits. Ant plays awesome. Cat hits some huge shots. Kyle Anderson is a wizard, and they win this game. Like, this has been the Wolves. Is like all of this bad. These bad things happen to them, and they find a way to like claw through it. I'm telling you, like, I, I here's the bigger thing. I, not bigger thing. Uh, something to consider. I do believe in the nobody believes in this card. I believe in that. Yeah. Nobody believes in the Wolves right now. It is them against the world. Now, on the other side of this is, of course, how could things line up better for the Lakers than this? Right? You think this is good for the Lakers? I will say that no Rudy Gobert, no Jaden McDaniels is bad yeah. for the Wolves' yeah, yeah. chances of beating the, the Lakers. And, like, you can say, like, why, you know, I don't think they were going to do it anyway. Wolves won that season series. And you can say, like, well, but the at post afterwards – I'm just telling you, like, I would have, before the injuries, if it wasn't for Jaden McDaniels, even with Rudy, I would have been looking to bet the Wolves. Like, I think they can beat them. Yeah. But now it's like your margin for error got, got smaller, you know? Totally. And so it's going to take, like, a really a monstrous performance from Cat, and that's always a really dicey question with Cat's history. So, like, I guess the good news for you in particular is that it means is because I assume that even with your concerns about the Wolves, you way, 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 way rather have Wolves, Pelicans, or Thunder than Lakers. Yes. Yeah. No question. No question. Um. So, Lakers probably win that game. Probably get seventh. Probably face Memphis, which means it's down to Thunder, Pelicans, Wolves. Um. Wolves will be the betting favorite. But I will say that I like the Pelicans or Thunder in those as well. 
Um, I will go on record as saying to me, the Nuggets worst case outcome of those three, the worst case outcome currently is Lakers. The worst case outcome if the Lakers get the seven to me is the Pelicans. Why do you think that? That that last game with Brandon Ingram really affected me where I genuinely don't think they have a defender and I don't like Brandon Ingram's game. I've never liked Brandon Ingram's game. I will never like Brandon Ingram's game, but in a playoff series, having a dude like that is incredibly powerful because he just winds up like it's the same thing that MPJ provides when he's hitting where it's like, that was a terrible shot and it absolutely went in. Like he will just cook guys. I don't think anybody can guard him. Mm. Like, Bruce can't too small. KCP can't too small. Aaron can't. He's too fast. You'll have to play Christian Brown on him a lot, but I don't know that they can. I don't know that they'll get to a spot where like Christian's rotation mirrors Ingram's that much. So I get concerned about it. The Pelicans wax and wane in terms of how much they shoot threes. They're either not shooting nearly enough or Trey Murphy is absolutely bombing. Herb Jones has had massive games versus the Nuggets. Yeah. So I will just go on record as saying that if I were you, my biggest concern would be Pelicans winning the eight. I mean, Denver needs to beat these teams. So like, it's for weird sure. for me to be concerned about that because while I might agree with you that they would be, they would present some challenges. I look at that and I go, Denver losing that one would be a disaster for them. They're a better team. They have a better superstar. They have a better player. Like at the top, they probably have, I mean, in a lot of series, you can look at Denver and say, how many of the top five guys do they have? But at least in this series, I think they have like, you know, of the top six guys, they probably have three at least. And if you have the top guy and then you're not really, you know, worse, you know, once you go to guys two and three, then you should be good. So for me, I like that matchup. I think it should work. I do think they have a good coach, but I think that that's a series that I would be comfortable with. Um, even if I would agree that I would rather play, a, say, a Minnesota or an Oklahoma City. Uh, two things to know. Is Alvarado out for the season? Still traumatized from that November game, Rui says. Yes, Alvarado's out for the season. He's not coming back. Uh, KC asked about Zion. What are the chances of Zion coming back into that series? Is he out for the year? Uh, they're non-zero. He's not uh, definitely well, not coming back. I think they were worse if they brought Zion back, though. <laughs> Ooh, why? Well, first of all, if you look at the, the Pelicans over the last two years, they've been great when they've had Zion but not Ingram. They've been great when they've had Ingram and not Zion. And they've been mediocre when they've had bet the both. Now, a lot of that has to do with they just haven't had a runway. But guess what? They don't have a runway now. You would have to bring those two guys in and say, I know we've never figured this out, like where we fit in to get you two fit in together. Um, but we don't also have any practice time. Go out there and try to beat the Nuggets. How much are you going to be rooting for the Lakers on Tuesday? Uh, I can't do it. I won't root for them. <laughs> You're still going to root against them? I have to. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather the Lakers miss the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's that's your ideal, right? Is like they lose they lose to the Thunder or Pelicans in a in a in a second playing series game on Friday night. Um, somebody asked about this earlier about the one being a little bit of a disadvantage. I will tell you, like, yeah, like I think honestly, I think the one seed you still want it because of home court because it's so valuable for seven games. You get four at home and in, in the crucial game seven. Um, but I will say that not having like the Grizzlies will know Wednesday morning who they're facing. They will have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to prep for their game. I think they play Sunday. So they're going to have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to prep yeah. for their opponent. Denver will have Saturday. That's it. Right. Yeah. So like, it's such a short turnaround. I have to practice on Saturday just because they're going to at least go over principles. Oh, for so sure. You have to practice. It's really weird. It's a, it's actually the worst part about the play-in is that it creates this weird 
negative thing for the for the one seeds. But you know, it is what it is. Um, and you still have an opportunity. That will be a road weary team, likely. I mean, just a team that'll end up having to have played a couple games um before coming to Denver. They also won't have a lot of prep time. They'll know at least that they have the Nuggets, you know, whoever is playing that second game will have the started their scouting on the Nuggets just because they'll be ready. But look, Denver gets a week off. I expect them at altitude. I just expect them to try to prepare to blitz whoever it is they play in game one. I'm feeling good. Do it for long. I'm feeling Go good. I don't know about you, but I'm curious to see what happens this week. I'm very curious to get into practice on Tuesday and just kind of read the room, read the vibe, um, because I want to see if it's a team that's like, hey, we know what we're doing. We we know why we took this week, month off, but practice today was intense. We accomplished a lot of things. I'm going to bet it's going to be like very laid back and very casual and they will be also terrible. And then they'll look awesome on Sunday. <laughs> that would be, that would be a very nuggets outcome. Um, or maybe they'll look intense during, throughout the week and then look terrible. They'll be one or the other. It will definitely not be. They look intense during practice and play awesome on Sunday. That will not happen. And it will not be. They look terrible throughout the week and terrible on Sunday. It will be, they will not match up. I will. I would bet that is what I would anticipate from this team. Uh, all right, let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great Monday. We'll be back with you tomorrow where we'll talk about uh, more of what's on tap. We'll get into the play-in tournament a little bit more. We'll talk about uh, Adam's thoughts on some of the other series as well. Make sure to check out DNVR as well as the Action Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.